You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host today is Cindy Johnson, volunteer for Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses and Lighthouse Queen of Arizona. Hi, Cindy. (laughs) Hi, Jeremy. Today is August 20th, 2022, and this is episode 187 of Lighthearted. Shortly, we're going to hear an interview I did when I was in England last month with Rhonda and David Armitage, creators of the popular children's book, The Lighthouse Keeper's Lunch. It's good to be back home after a fantastic trip in England and Ireland for the entire Mm. month of July. Uh, So how's your summer going in Arizona, Cindy? Well, as some of our listeners may know, I've been spending some time at my mom's in Tucson, and we're right in the middle of monsoon season now, which mm. is it's pretty neat here. It's a little bit cooler, and we actually have rainstorms. So the desert, wildlife, plant life, and people, <laughs> um, they all really seem to, to look forward to it. Everyone gets excited about rain. And uh, just a little while ago, before we started recording, there was a thunderstorm going on. Is that is that over now? It is over now. Um, typically, well, like most um, warm climates, I think, the storms tend to happen later in the day. Yeah. So like late afternoon, evening, sometimes overnight too. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're quite, you know, some of these storms are quite uh, spectacular with thunder and lightning and wind and, yeah. uh, and you know, don't necessarily last all that long. But um, mm-hmm. everyone is everyone's happy with the, the water. Like I said, the wildlife, you see all the saguaro cacti, cacti uh, mm-hmm. kind of plump up from all the water they're holding and people, everyone's just really always grateful for, for the rain. Yeah. Here on the New Hampshire seacoast, it's been ridiculously hot mm-hmm. like for uh, a week or so. It's in, since I got home from Ireland, it's pretty much been in the 90s, but today was was gorgeous. It was about 70 degrees and Oh, and good. Dry. Okay. So, yeah. Because so, I, we, we sort of keep an eye on it here, and there have been days where yeah. the temperature is higher there on the seacoast of New Hampshire than it is in Tucson, and yeah. that, just, that just doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was nice to be able to breathe today for a change. Right. So uh, to shift gears a little bit, there is something else I wanted to mention. A couple of weeks ago, August 7th was National Lighthouse Day. Uh, August 7th uh, is the day when we celebrate the creation of a National Lighthouse Service in the United States in 1789. Uh, The first uh, Public Works Act of the first Congress set up a lighthouse service. Usually we've done a special episode of the podcast for National Lighthouse Day with all my traveling. That didn't quite happen this year. So uh, I want to wish everyone a happy belated National Lighthouse Day. Uh, And next year, hopefully we'll get back to doing a a special episode for that. So, Cindy, has anything notable happened on this date in lighthouse history? Well, yes. Yaquina Head Lighthouse in Oregon began service on August 20th, 1873. It's 93 feet tall and is the tallest lighthouse tower in the state. A group called Friends of Yaquina Lighthouses helps to preserve it along with Yaquina Bay Lighthouse, which was established in 1871. There's some current interior restoration work happening at Yaquina Head Lighthouse and tours will resume when the work is completed. I actually got to visit both lighthouses back in 2005. I remember touring the keeper's quarters at Yaquina Bay, beautifully restored Mm -hmm. with original furnishings. Yep. But my favorite memory is looking down from the top of Yaquina Head Lighthouse and seeing whales. Oh, wow. That was really cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah, I visited them both in 2015 when I drove the entire West Coast. I was working on a book on 
West Coast lighthouses. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Yaquina Bay, they do a great job there. Uh, it's, a, it's a neat place to visit. But unfortunately, uh, Yaquina Head Lighthouse was closed when I was there, so I didn't get oh. to climb it. That must have been cool. Uh, it was really, it was awesome. Yeah. 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 Especially since I um, I do tend to get seasick, so I wouldn't be one to mm. sign up for a whale watching cruise right. um and when we looked down from the top of the tower there was a whale watch uh boat right there too and so they were getting a really close up uh you know a nice view of the whales but they were that boat was getting really tossed around <laughs> so yeah. it was nice for me that i had this whole whale watching experience from a lighthouse which is really unique and awesome in itself but also that i didn't have to um sort of suffer on this whale watch boat yeah. in, or, in order to see that. So yeah, yeah. It, was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, during that same trip, uh, on the West coast, I was at Point Vicente in, uh, Southern California hmm. near Los Angeles. And it's a very dramatic lighthouse up on a, a high cliff. And right near there is a whale watching center and they count the gray whales as they migrate past oh, there yeah. in the spring. So I got to see kind of the tail end of that. Cool. Um, some distant the tail. Whales. No, no pun intended there. <laughs> <laughs> there was no no pun intended now that you mention it yeah i was going to say when i was um at these lighthouses up in oregon there i i i think i remember doing some damage in the gift shop as well Mm. pretty sure not in a literal sense i hope (laughs) (laughs) so i think it's time that we uh, should move along here and tell everybody about today's guests Rhonda and david armitage i agree Rhonda Armitage, originally from New Zealand, first went to England in 1966. Her husband, David, was born in Tasmania. In the late 1970s, after their success with the children's book, The Lighthouse Keeper's Lunch, they moved to England to stay. Rhonda was a primary school teacher for several years, and she is a trained counselor specializing in family therapy. She has written more than 30 books, including several nonfiction books for older students. Here is a description of their book, The Lighthouse Keeper's Lunch. Quote, every day, Mr. Grinling, the lighthouse keeper, cleans and polishes his light to make sure it shines brightly at night. At lunchtime, he tucks into a delicious and well-deserved lunch prepared by his wife. But Mr. Grinling isn't the only one who enjoys the tasty food. Will Mrs. Grinling think of a way to stop the greedy seagulls from stealing the lighthouse keeper's lunch? Unquote. There have been a number of sequel books to The Lighthouse Keeper's Lunch. Most of Rhonda's children's books are illustrated by her husband, David, who is an artist. In addition to his work as a children's book illustrator, David Armitage is regarded as one of the UK's leading abstract artists. He has been described as a supreme colorist, and his art is sold all around the world. I had a chance to sit down with Rhonda and David Armitage during my stay at the Bell Toot Lighthouse in July. Bell Toot, that's T-O-U-T, and it sounds like it should be French, but it's actually, uh, I guess, from a Celtic uh, name, (laughs) strangely enough. But anyway, Bell Toot is about a mile from Beachy Head Lighthouse, which was the inspiration for the book The Lighthouse Keeper's Lunch and its many sequels. It was the perfect setting, and it was a real pleasure talking with Rhonda and David. So let's listen to our conversation now. I am here at the Bell Toot Lighthouse, and uh, I don't know if uh, my guests have an opinion on how you pronounce the name of this place, but uh, Bell Toot Lighthouse here uh, near uh, Eastbourne, England, is spelled like it's a French name, but I understand it's actually a Celtic name. 
But anyway, I'm so happy to be here with uh, Rhonda and David Armitage, who have been kindly uh, consented to come to meet me here at the, the Lighthouse this evening uh, from their home. And uh, of course, Rhonda and David uh, have uh, produced the great series of children's books, The Lighthouse Keeper's Lunch and all, all its uh, sequels. Rhonda's the writer and David's the, uh, the artist. Thank you so much for joining me, uh, Rhonda and David. I really appreciate it. Thank you, too. Thank you. So, first of all, uh, Rhonda, uh, I understand you actually grew up in New Zealand. I did, yes. Right. And uh, could you maybe tell me a little bit about your your early life in New Zealand and how maybe that informed your your interest in lighthouses or anything like that? Um, Yes. Mm -hmm. I I was born on the South Island of New Zealand, a place called Kaikoura, which is very connected to the sea. You know, mountains in the back, sea down Mm -hmm. at the front. Years ago, there was an old whaling station, which must have been hideous, but beautiful now. Mm -hmm. And then my father was a farmer. Well, my parents both really were farmers. Um, and he, we moved to a farm further north and eventually, when I was about 12, we moved to a farm that was in the most beautiful part of New Zealand, a mm-hmm. place called the Coromandel Peninsula, and it was right at the top. And uh, not a very good farm, but very beautiful place. See, you know, you walk down to have a swim in the morning through fields, but you could do that quite easily. And I used to go to sleep watching a lighthouse flickering on what's it called, Great Barrier Island, a long way out in the distance. Mm-hmm. But our life there, when I wasn't at boarding school, was about the sea. It was, you know, going swimming, taking out boats. But in the other direction, slightly further south of where we were, there was quite a big lighthouse, three mm-hmm. lighthouse keepers, as they have to be these days, as people probably know. And we would go out. In fact, I think we only went out twice, maybe three times. It, we didn't have a big enough boat to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would, but occasionally when somebody else would take us out and I thought, wonderful, mm-hmm. this would be great. I don't quite know why, because this is when I was 13, 14, 15, you would have thought I would have wanted something slightly more social. But I think it was probably quite a nice change from mm-hmm. boarding school. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so that was really my association with lighthouses, if you like, very mm-hmm. briefly. But also it was, um, it's a sea country in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. And in those days, not so much now, you left the city to get have your farm. The cities were too small in a way mm-hmm. to offer a great deal. They offer far more now, although they're hardly immense. Right. Um, so we were very used to going out and being by the sea. We used to have batches, what they call batches on sea fronts. Can't do that now. You're not allowed to sell small chunks of land along the coast, mm. as far as I know. Of course, they're trying to protect the coastline now. Sure, yeah. So that was, yeah, it was a brief association, but much love, but well-remembered. Oh, I, I would yeah. say so. And David, you're originally from Tasmania, is that correct? Tasmania, of course, yes, it is. It's um, it's, it's quite a, it's a quite a reasonable kind size, but of course, put next to Australia, it's a neighbour. Right. It's very small, but of course, it's an island. Yeah. And, and has, well, a, a very insular, perhaps, feel about it. Mm-hmm. Very small population, coast is everywhere, and the seas around Tasmania, across Bass Strait and the southern coast, uh, can be the roughest and toughest in the world. Yes. And like the Sydney Hobart yacht race, much famed, mm-hmm. you do that at your peril. Yeah. But of course, the coast. Yes, I was by the coast, but uh, and also, but, but the lighthouses are not particularly. But but living by the sea and lovely beaches, go what twenty kilometres, thirty kilometres of sandy beach. Mm-hmm. You'd be the only thing there. That's it. Yeah. yeah. For that, and still that prevails in parts of it today. Yeah. So in a way, it's uh, idyllic. 
um, and I do remember that. And of course, now of course it makes extremely good wine, which, uh, which uh-huh. I had, had a little uh, uh, a bit of. Always enjoyed. I'm sure yeah, they like us yeah, as well. Pinot Noir. Sure. Oh, I love Pinot Noir. Yeah. Anyway, they do it very well. So, so it's in the, the, the visually. It was certainly in my head. Yeah. The sea yeah. Uh-huh. And, and all that went on within it. Right. Mm. Yeah. So uh, this is a question for either or both of you. But what brought you to England? Um, well, we've been here before. We actually, David was based in Melbourne, had finished art college in Melbourne, and I'd been teaching for several years. In those days, New Zealanders and Australians, you know, you're a long way from the sort of what was still regarded as the central, as the sort of Western universe. Mm-hmm. So lots of us went, went, you know, caught little ships, oh, big ships actually, and headed to England, mm-hmm. which is precisely what we did. Mm. And we met on board ship. Okay. So romantic. <laughs> she was very good at table tennis. She was prepared to play it in the middle of the night. Yeah, okay. was the, 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 so I got on the ship in Melbourne in Australia, which then went to Auckland in New Zealand when Saranda got on. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how we met. But the, I mean, it, that's this boat, a rather Greek, fine Greek ship, which I describe as a million rivets sailing in formation. I would have thought. I don't know you want to tell it, let the Greeks know about that. That doesn't exist any time. Anyway, we, uh, uh, yes, we met on the way. And, and Rhonda was a great table tennis player. <laughs> it took me, I think, 50 years or thereabouts before I could actually beat her at that. So we met. And we came to England, yes. We, we, we stayed for a year. And then because we really needed, felt we needed to go home to meet relatives, meet each other's parents, we went back to New Zealand. Uh-huh. And um, were there for about seven years. David worked in the art gallery and various other er- those sorts of areas. Mm-hmm. I went back to teaching. We had two small children, and then he had a sellout exhibition. He was painting and doing mm-hmm. really well. And he had been on a subversary for a whole year. Yeah. So we thought, oh, why don't we go back to? Oh no, we wanted to move the staircase in our house. Lovely house, but built in a strange way. And nobody was interested. New Zealand was doing rather well at the moment, so mm-hmm. they were building houses, not moving stickers. So I said, oh, well, why don't we go to England? The children hadn't again? started school, of course. No, so. one was eight yeah. months and the other was three. Mm-hmm. It was too difficult to go back because they taking small children on planes that fly for 24 hours like that. Well, yeah. the trip was 24 hours, mm. broke it in the middle mm-hmm. when they missed the plane anyway. Because it was, the, it was the invention of the Boeing 707, of course, so they, they, they were the ships were just suddenly stopped all yeah. of that so you flew on a plane but uh, yeah. and the two children yes, were quite quite small and anyway we arrived here yeah. and then several years no, a couple of years later because we David had started taking work around mm-hmm. illustration illustration yeah. and then illustration and people have expressed interest and so I said why don't why don't you get her to write a book and I, I had worked in children's quite a famous person in New Zealand mm-hmm. who was had eight children and was passionate about picture books. So I'd had quite a, my teaching period in New Zealand had been very much surrounded by books. I've been, and since I was small, in fact, our books were very much part of my world. Yeah. And I remember sitting and thinking, oh, for heaven's sake, what a silly idea. Well, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't, well, Rod has put it uh, accurately, but w- in the course of hawking my illustrations around, we, I would do folk and fairy tales, of course, which they're free yeah, and, yes. and demonstrate. And one guy, I still, still remember him, he looked at all this stuff and said, well, you can do this. Go and get yourself, do your own story, get a story, you know, don't do all this stuff. Oh, he didn't offer it to me initially, I didn't uh, get it. No, no, he was unaware of your existence, I think, but he just told, I need to come up with a story 
either by me or by proxy or from somewhere, mm-hmm. rather than a folk and fairy tale. And then I came home to Rhonda and said, look, uh, how do you feel about writing a story? What do you reckon about that? Uh, and then, and then following quickly on, shortly thereafter, not a million miles from where we are here, we brought the children down, aged what, one and three or something, to look at the Beachy Head Lighthouse. Uh-huh. And our son, and this is the word serendipity can scarcely cover this, asked me, Dad, what's the wire for running from the lighthouse uh, to, to the coast? Right, what's right. it for? And Dad, he comes up with the odd one-liner, said, oh, that's for the lighthouse keeper's lunch. You yeah. know? And, and Rondal got, we started weaving this <laughs> no, thing. Yeah, but it was funny. Well, it was interesting in a way, sorry yeah. to break it, is yeah. that if you're thinking about things, there'll suddenly be something that just clicks in. Yeah. And, and I, so we, yes, that's really how that, he could have said it other times, it would take the slightest bit of Well, we did have a friend with us who heard the conversation yeah, right. and yeah. he said, look, I hear you looking around for, well, that's not a bad idea, is it? Particularly those seagulls stealing the lunch. <laughs> mm, no, that's, but that was, as our son now keeps me reminding us, if he hadn't asked that question, would there be any lighthouse books? Probably yeah. not. But the other part about that was that going home, as far as publishers were concerned in those days, wouldn't matter in the slightest amount, was not something they were very keen on because to, to a certain extent you're required to sell your books and certainly even now most, well not most, a lot of children's writers will be working in schools mm-hmm. because that's, you know, that's a very big market and sure. book, ch- books for children in schools it sort of <coughs> waxes and wanes a bit but on yeah. the whole you know, yeah. children are encouraged still to read Sure. Um, and so they said could we sort of stick around and we went on sticking around really yes. we have been home a number of times of course and to Tasmania mm. uh-huh. probably yeah. been here for about 45 years I think yeah. Wow. And you said the 45th anniversary of uh, Lighthouse Keeper's yeah. Lunch, you've shown yeah. me the, uh, the, the uh, special yeah. edition that's come out. Yes, it must be yeah. like 47 years ago, sorry. Okay, yes. yeah. So, David, I want to talk about your art some more shortly, yeah. but uh, Rhonda, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned you were a teacher, you have a background as a teacher and counsellor, right? Yes, yeah. How does that kind of work together? How do the, the two or three careers work, work with each other? How does that kind of uh, influence your children's well, book writing? I mean, I don't, I've never written this, but picture books are fairly short, but it's amazing how even six, seven, and these days they're shorter again. Um, right. When we were first started writing, they were much more picture story books, mm-hmm. longer stories and, and lovely picture books. I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. But now, of course, uh, the, uh, the, I mean, the, so many of the illustrators, brilliant illustrators, but the stories have got shorter. Yes. Parents have less time to read. Schools are so busy combining all sorts of subjects. It's, it's partly a time thing. It's not entirely that, but it's mm-hmm. partly that. Yeah. And they're brilliant illustrators of yeah. as well. That's, that has perhaps changed a bit more. They see it as, as a, a, a wonderful occupation, whereas I think before it was probably they'd rather be painting or something, you know, that, that, that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, it was always a passion for, for books. Um, so going back, well, go back to the original question again. And, I, and teaching, when I first started teaching, that was in the, the explosion of picture books. Yeah. And I taught at a very little school in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, 30 children in the school. We had two teachers, myself and the head teacher, mm-hmm. and we walked down the road and over there to the sea. So my first school was beside the sea yeah. in the South Island, actually, a place called near Akara. Uh-huh. So, yeah, books have always been a major part of my life. Sure. And um, the sea has just fitted it around that, to be fair to say. Yeah. So, going back to the book specifically, the Lighthouse Keepers. 
lunch. <laughs> I always want to say the lighthouse keeper's wife because a woman I knew, <laughs> the great Connie Small, who uh, passed away at 103, and I knew her, oh, her yeah. quite well. She wrote a, a classic book called The Lighthouse Keeper's Wife. Gosh. So I have to catch myself every time uh, when I say the title. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, as you said, it's based. Uh, it was inspired by the Beachy Head Lighthouse, and it looks mm-hmm. like the Beachy Head Lighthouse in the, mm-hmm. in the book it and its sequels, that. and which is right outside here. You can see it right. Yeah. Yeah. Right where we're sitting, from almost where we're sitting, there's a wall in the way, but it's right yeah. down there. There's a lot of neat stuff about the life of the lighthouse keeper and his, his wife, but were, were they based on specific people or loosely based on any research of keepers? They were just. It was imagination. Wholly invented. Yeah. Holy invented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I'm not very acceptable, which I can sort of understand. I mean, I'm not a cook, so I probably was, I was hoping that she would help me out, perhaps. I don't know. But um, it was very much the old-fashioned, he works, she cooks. Mm-hmm. So countries like Sweden, not only did they think that was not a good idea, given you know the way the world, and I quite agree, I'm, I'm a great believer in every man and woman working, mm. but also Mr. Grilling was too ugly. I was really, we were insulted by that. Insulted, but what, you know, indeed, but the, the one art-life crossover, undoubtedly, was Hamish the cat. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been illustrating this ginger on cat in the book mm-hmm. there he is oh, I knew him inside yeah. we had no such thing uh, then one morning at the ha- house the book had just been published I think or in Ergo children rush upstairs mum mum dad dad come and look at this cat down on the mat oh it was Hamish he was more like Hamish than the Hamish I'd been drawing <laughs> and it transpired that Hamish had been chucked out of a house up the road because he'd just eaten the whole of a child's birthday cake uh-huh. so he was in disgrace and he came to live with us basically he was a thug but um, he was just an amazing cat and we kept him in, until he and you, you named him Hamish and of course we did had to what else could he be and who he lived at uh, and then one day as cats do time came and he just nobody found him he just left but um, yeah. he was, you, you wouldn't trust him as far as you can throw him, but I loved him to death. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know, I've known <laughs> lots of cats in my life, so I completely understand. That's uh, one of my questions. Uh, you cut me off at the pass, but I was going to ask about Hamish. Was he inspired by a real cat? So he wasn't, but then no, he, no. he, he, he uh, kind of uh, came to life. He, came, he came to life with a vengeance. If I may say... <laughs> He didn't actually eat the whole of the birthday cake. Oh. He was a big cat, but he could have the whole of the birthday cake. I think there might have been... Fr- frosting, he might have liked the frosting, I, I would think. There might have been one or two other indiscretions on his behalf, knowing what yeah. happened later with us. Yeah, lovely. Our, my cat presently looks like he could eat a whole birthday cake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Lighthouse Keeper's Lunch uh, was uh, quite a hit, very popular. We were very mm. lucky. I yeah. mean, there was a lot of luck in this world, and in all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. People talk about talent, that's great, but it was luck. It yeah. was luck. Well, it's both. Um, it's, all, uh, it's nice to have a bit of both, actually, it'd be fair yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's putting yourself in the, the right place at the right time. And yes. The first group, uh, who looked at it first? Collins. No, it, it, yes, no the original person who talked about yes, it. Yes, it was the guy who... Had, and they yeah. had, had, they'd had three new authors, and you have to sell um, foreign editions. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the best place is to sell to the States. And they'd missed out on three different lots, which three different um, new three authors. Different titles, yeah. um, and so they weren't prepared to take on another one because they were just losing money. So that's that was very. But another like, a sort of little vignette on that was the guy that that uh, was giving me back the, the dummy book that I'd done to me mm-hmm. at, at this publisher who had just rejected it for good reason. 
And he's looked me in the eye. He wouldn't let it go. He was holding on to it to give it to me. And he said, you mark my words, you've got a book there. Don't ever give up on this one. And and, he, and thus it proved, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then man. Collins lost it. Yes. They lost the whole manuscript. <laughs> now the publisher lost it. <laughs> they mislaid it. They oh, no. Yeah, terribly yeah. apologetic. We got it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the lovely bit was we, I came home. David had been up to Andre Deutsch mm-hmm. then, um, who did it, had a bit. And there was a great big canvas across the garage door in the house that we were renting. And said, yes, they've taken it and they want more, more, more. It was the day before Christmas, so it was wow. fantastic. Was it two days absolute, before Christmas. Yes. Yeah, so that was, wow. it was lovely, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's wonderful. But, but the other, well, I'm pursuant to that, of course, the next, we did loads of books and things, but the, the, how long was the gap between the first and the second? You know, I think our editors did. Uh, Hmm, have you thought about doing another story? But that must have been between that and the catastrophe, about what, 15 years or something? No, 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 it was eight or nine years. We've done about four other books in between. Yeah, I know, I couldn't couldn't remember. But it was quite a gap. But then the other sequels came closer together. They came much closer together. And there's been eight? Is that that right? Well, I mean, nine. Okay. I think it's ten. No, it's ten no, it's now. That's nine. Ten. Isn't it? I nine, nine. Because one actually, one was printed in <laughs> yeah. a small format. Mm-hmm. You see, we have uh, which they did with all the books at one stage. Yeah. And um, oh, but dear. it didn't last the distance. Okay. You yeah, see, I think that's not included. I, I bought a, a set as a set of eight. Yeah, yeah there is. A, they're done as a set of eight. Mm-hmm. But you can see, Rhonda and I have a vice-like grip of how many books we've done. Mm-hmm. But I think it's ten. I think it's ten. Anyway, anyway yeah. well, it's eight or so, <laughs> or nine or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and it's been published in three languages, I read. Uh, it's, uh, and well, it's in China, the Chinese. Yeah. We've never seen a copy of what the Chinese Oh, I'd love do. to see they that. The Chinese have been wonderful at buying the books, yeah. but I think they abridge them and do different mm-hmm. things, and they've just um, upped the numbers they're going to buy, which is also mm-hmm. quite yeah, so that's been fantastic. It Yay. must be so nice and rewarding when you hear from people who either enjoyed the books as when they were kids yes. or oh, their yes. children or grandchildren are yeah. enjoying them now or both of the above. Actually, we're up to great-grandchildren. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> of course it is. It's deeply gratifying oh, it's when, it's you, when you hear yeah. um, uh, you, you read reviews of, of grandparents particularly who read them to their kids and so on and now their grandchildren mm-hmm. and you know and uh, loads and loads of those of course um, it's quite humbling in a way that there's these things have just gone on I yeah mean, and of course I don't even question so Rhonda and I as part of this enterprise have worked a lot in schools in our mm-hmm. age group you know, yeah. key stage two with these yeah. kids and I wouldn't uh, speculate how many thousands of children. Key stage one, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we've worked with, but mm-hmm. it be both in this country and abroad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it's lovely to work with your audience. Mm-hmm. These yeah, are yeah, these are your audience. We don't do much of that now. Okay. It's the travelling as much as anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Have you done any Zoom things with we kids? Do, yeah. We do. We yeah, do. Yeah. We've done some. In fact. That was Dubai or somewhere, wasn't no, it? Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Yes. <laughs> and the furthest we ever worked was on Sakhalin Island, off the coast of Siberia, where there was a shell school and had to have all English, all English. I think they were more English international staff, school. International school. Wow. Um, and that was quite an experience, I have to say, because it was a oil was had been found. There was new refineries, new refineries surrounded by loads of ships. Was had been 
oh, wrecked yes. into the sea or you know, just were dumped basically. So it was quite a quite a quite yeah. a place. Sackland yeah. Island, yes indeed. Yeah. 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 So, so that was that. But I mean it most amusing anecdote, which I'll try and keep short, about working with uh, <laughs> with, with with children. <laughs> she used to be an editor. Um, okay, 150 kids, what five, six, something. The, the the format we follow is Rhonda talks and introduces the subject and talks about books and so on. The kids and and they vote with their feet or their mouths if you don't get it right. I have a big A one sheet of paper and I draw for them. And I do an outline sketch of the scene of the lighthouse. And then they, <laughs> this is not for the faint-hearted, the children will chuck up suggestions from the floor of what they would like, mm-hmm. which is fair enough in the sea. So anyway, that goes, thus it goes. Somebody little girl, somebody wants a whale, somebody wants an octopus, and a little girl put her hand up and, I don't know what she wanted, a starfish or something. And, and I said, look, you just have to wait for a moment. I've got these several other things to do before I get to yours, but I will. And a dead silence in the hall. She stood up and said, he can't multitask. <laughs> <laughs> you could sort of hear her mother <laughs> I was carrying about, you know, 400 uh, felt pens. I just dropped them all. Just, and the teachers go, oh, just guffawing with laughter. Yeah. But, but then the, but the upside of it was when you've got these kids, the bell rings and they don't even want to leave the hall. You know, and, and this is not making this up and it's not delusion. And the teachers don't even want to move, you know, and, and it's... To me, it was one of the richest experiences of my life. I can see doing that. that. Love it, absolutely. And, you know, and and, uh, and you would never ever shortchange kids because you do that at your peril. So anyway, here we. That's a bit I of. I didn't know we wanted to. No, no, we didn't, no, no. Anyway, well, I don't. I love. I love that. I, lo- I love. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough of that. But it's a. It's a very moving part of the business. I, think. I, I understand that. I mm. got to talk to kids mm. and give kids lighthouse tours sometimes. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's yes. Yeah, I completely understand. It's mm. it's wonderful. It's really rewarding. So uh, to talk a little bit more about your your art, David, mm. I think we've alluded to it a little bit. But mm. you're in addition to illustrating the the children's books, mm. uh, you are an abstract artist. Yeah, uh, I'll, yes, I, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll cover this down again quite quickly. But I, I don't, since I was three years old, about that, I used to sit on the floor with pens and paper mm-hmm. and stuff, making marks. And to me, that's making marks as the most magical form of something I know or ever likely to. Uh, and I followed it right through, went to art school, studied illustration and painting. I was there for five years, mm-hmm. did, did all this stuff. And both disciplines, of course, are quite different. But I, I, in keeping them in some kind of solution, it can be difficult. Schizoid. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you, <laughs> you know, you don't want yeah. your illustrations to look like paintings and vice versa. Anyway, two branches. One uh, is illustrating, which I love doing. And if you can best thing for the illustrator you can do is marry a damn fine writer. That's true. Or even better, you do both yourself. Yeah, and, have, and, and paintings, yes, I love the magic marks, particularly the, what's driven in that is, is the American painting uh, 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 around the, the abstract expressionists, Rothko, Still, all those guys, you know, which is some of the greatest paintings around that I've ever seen. Yeah. And the scale and the colour, particularly with Rothko, uh, is as great a painting as you ever like to see. Mm-hmm. So that's the other discipline I do. Yeah, yeah. some other American painters. Oh, there are loads more, but I've those I'm trying to keep this short. But those, those guys, uh, yeah, uh, you know, oh yeah, of course it's Jackson Pollock. 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 There's all of those people. Yeah, loads of got leave and so on and so forth. Sure. I know them all. But just that kind of uh, colour, yeah. and, 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 and as a colourist, colour is everything. 
Yeah, Rhonda just mentioned Jackson Pollock. I yeah. saw a video of you, and I'm sure you get compared to Jackson Pollock a lot. Not that not that the finished product is no, necessarily similar, no. but some of your I, technique. I do, I do find that this is not this is not to do with um, um, spectacle or anything. I do pour pour color, uh, pour it out of buckets, yeah, uh, and uh, and listening to music all over, the all over the floor, everywhere, and the thing forms. But the greatest thing that can happen. Uh, is accident, mm-hmm. and you don't know sometimes while you pour it what's going to happen. Can I, have, can I just mention mm. Mr. Accident? Because part of it about the accident is yeah. how the person looking at it perceives it. In mm-hmm. other words, accident can just be an accident. It would be for me. Oh dear! Because mm. they would look at it and see something there that then begins to become some other shape or idea from somewhere else. And I think that's. I think mm. that's a, that's about a leap into the imagination yeah. to some extent. Kind of a mysterious process. Well, it is a mysterious process, and and and, uh, but of course, it's, you can't just chuck it all around and say, "Oh, isn't that lovely?" Gosh, isn't it? It isn't. It has to have intellectual rigor. I mean, a painting, music, book, anything is only as good as its weakest part, and you can't have any of them. Mm-hmm. Even though it looks like you've done it in thirty seconds, but it's taken you thirty years, you know, to right. get to get it right. And and I and I enjoy I love doing that stuff, yeah. and and very quickly on I do the book, books on Schubert, uh, song cycles I've done all three, and that again is totally accident to start them off is is a, like a, a monoprint of glass, chucking colour around until you peel the paperback you've got no idea what's going to happen mm-hmm. and accidents will happen in there which you'd never have thought of yeah. the, the skill or the trick is to recognise them. Mm-hmm. No, in fact, they more they more they resemble illustration more than actually of, of course they do. It's it's a bit of hybridising, I yeah. suppose, in a way. Yeah. But but why not? And I love this. I love right. the music to death. So. Why should you limit it to yeah. exactly? So I'm probably going on a bit here, but no, it's it's all really interesting. You know. But I'm wondering uh, with the book illustrations, with the Lighthouse Keeper mm-hmm. books and the other ones you've done together. How did well? Let's talk about the lighthouse keeper illustration specifically. Right. How did you decide on the certain style for for those drawings? Yeah, that 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 was just a natural. I, that's a really that's a terrible thing. It's a really good question. I don't know. I just it was intuitive, mm-hmm. really intuitive. Yeah. And and Ron is going to hate me for this, but I, I haven't read the lighthouse keeper's breakfast for probably 15, 18 years. It's been sitting on the shelf. It's at least that old. And at a while back, I, I read it. I picked it up and read it, mm-hmm. uh, and I was laughing out loud. The humour, uh-huh. the, the, yeah, the humour in her yeah. writing is brilliant. Yeah. And and again, I, the risk of immodesty, the the hybridisation of the words and the images mm-hmm. is, is symbiotic. Yeah. You can't tell one from the other. You know, and I suspect what I'm trying to say to about is the words of the have from her. Have fashioned the style I adopted to answer your question. That's a great answer. That makes yeah. makes, yeah. makes yeah. absolutely perfect yeah, and sense. And I mean that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But it has at times mm-hmm. become more recently. I've had lots of other illustrators, mm-hmm. and that in part is because when David was doing a lot of abstract painting, mm-hmm. and has moved more in that direction, doing the two has become more difficult for him. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I very rarely have. David certainly does all the Lighthouse Keeper books, but there are 10-12 yeah. books that he, he does, hasn't done. I don't uh, know. So you're not, there won't be any more Lighthouse Keeper sequels, is that right? 
That's what we said about six books ago. <laughs> yes, it's... Uh, I think probably not. <coughs> well, pro- probably not, I don't know. I mean, to, to feel your way back into... You, you've fashioned a world, whether you like it or not, and you've got to respect this world, otherwise mm-hmm. your audience will come out and kill you if you, if you mess around with the character. It's kind of like a movie. Sometimes they make, to, if it's popular, they make a sequel, or they should just leave it alone. Yeah, leave it, exactly. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah. But uh, I doubt it. I, I, I wouldn't think so. To... to, to as Rhonda was saying, I'm so involved with the painting that the schizoid thing, to get back into that world, is quite a gear change, even yeah. though I love it, I know them so well. I mean, they're family after all, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, they, they must feel like family, yeah. Of course they do. And, uh, you know, and, and now we've got Trevor, the cat instead of Hamish, but that doesn't <laughs> Trevor? Trevor, yeah. <laughs> he, he hates Hamish, but I'll tell you about that. <laughs> I think I think there's, there's a sequel in the making. <laughs> Yeah. Um, starring Trevor. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've mentioned that you wrote, uh, have written other, several, at least several other children's books besides the Lighthouse yeah. Keeper series. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yes, and it was a, um, a series of, and at the same time, I did have other jobs. Well, the other job, a counselling job. Yeah. But uh, picture books are short. Even though they, I do probably write them twenty-five times, right. changing every word. I'm so glad I don't write novels. I mean, I have to do all that changing. I've got people I know who write novels. Yeah. They write the, we write the whole thing. Oh, I know, three, I know. Three, four, five times. It's good. It's, it's um, But yeah, it's and that's quite, that was the first one I ever wrote with anybody else. I was mm-hmm. so used to helping David with the illustrations. So well, which, to which he's Help this other person totally with illustrations. Grateful. You never meet. Yeah. Um, the puppy, mm-hmm. you probably know, the, the illustrator. I know, I know. I, I, I've heard that in a lot right. of cases, mm-hmm. yeah. But after about four suggestions of changing things, they pointed out that this, this, um, the illustrator was very pregnant and she was she really was coming to the end of my useful suggestions. So after that, I just kept my Amazing. Uh-huh. Anyway, yes. Yeah. 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 Any particular other ones you've done besides the Lighthouse Keeper series that our listeners might, uh, you think people who, who like those would, would like uh, one, one or more of your other books yeah, especially? Yeah, so they are very different from that. There's one, there yeah. one that's published in the, start, in the States, which is illustrated by, um, I can't remember the name, it's called A Mighty Bitey Creature. Okay. Which is uh, very much a sort of more contemporary, slightly, uh, well, more contemporary style, if you like. Lovely colour, lovely book. That's a great title. Yeah. yeah, and there was one about pirates, pirates being very popular. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. pirates aren't, aren't liked very much in Europe because they, they used to get pirated, I suspect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there was another series about... Um, what was oh, it was a very strange creature, I thought. Was a very strange one. creature. What was the other oh, one? Oh, the, 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 the other one about the dragon. Small Night and Small Jewel. Night and Jewel. Night and Jewel. That's a hmm. lovely story. And more recently, they've been slightly, um, slightly more, I don't know, I forget that bit. But they've, they have, they've varied quite mm-hmm. a bit, would be fair to say. Um, yeah. But they're not, any of them really like the Lighthouse Cube books. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're mostly shorter, books of Picture books, are not, picture books are much shorter, the text is much shorter, so, right. you know, you have to more, need more, more room for the illustration. But it's just, a, it's just how it's changed over the years. Yeah. Publishing children's, particularly children's picture books now, is a very different um, activity in a way that's not quite the right word to what was happening 40 years ago. I mean, you know, children read in all sorts of other ways, they, they have television, they have, they, you know, iPads, they have all these sorts of things. Even the yeah. very smallest are watching on, you know, 
on mm. little phones or mother's phone or something like that. So sure. It is a very different process. Oh, yeah. I, one thing uh, I haven't asked that I uh, meant to ask early on, but what, what is the, the targeted age, would you say, for the Lighthouse Keeper books? We've had two-year-olds, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they were probably two-year-olds who've been read, read a lot it. and probably talked about it. And that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the advantage we have slightly, if you like, is that because there's no children in the books, except a great nephew who pops up mm-hmm. occasionally, but not a nice one, you can use them with much older children too, who maybe are not fine reading such a, a likeable activity or have d- d- difficulties in... in Learning things anyway, mm-hmm. and of course, there's no children, so they're not they're not being compared with you know somebody's not saying oh you're reading books you know with the children much younger than you that sort of thing. But so they are used there quite. Of, the actual age is that we with four, five, six. Yeah, yeah. generally be generally five, six, and that three, thing. Yeah, that's three, right. three, four, five. But some of the light have, have been done in in a, in like a um, you know a reader form with larger type. Mm-hmm. Like bigger point size. Yeah, those. Oh, the, we did a series of those little A five books of the lighthouse stories. That yeah, and and they for the for readers, slow readers. I'll bring. I'll no, show no, you. No, 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 they were the same books. Yes, of course they are. Yeah, but they were they're not they're different. No, 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 they're but they are repackaged to look like a chapter you can story. Cut when you come not a picture book. <laughs> not a picture book, but a chapter book. Okay. Same story. Yeah. But, but and it stays, you know, and it seems to have gone. But well. the reason for that is that parents like their children when they get to about five or six to be moving swiftly onto chapbooks, mm-hmm. and that's what happened with these. And so not nearly as much illustration. So if you're in a school, yeah. Then what we call year t- year twos, which are sort of five, six, six, six year olds. Yeah. Their parents would love it if they'd be buying one of these. Yeah. But yeah. They, the children wouldn't necessarily pick them up on. Yeah. Say, uh, I don't see why there has to be a sudden. No, 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 no. Of course not. Yeah. Little, mm. yeah. I mean, I'm 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 more than five or six, and I still like picture books. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I was I was quoting to somebody the other night. Do you remember Horton the Elephant Hatched an Egg? The, the Dutchman series. I, yeah, it was, it was my first book I ever was passionate about. And it said, I, I said what I meant and I meant what I said. And elephants, no, I, I said, I meant what I said and I said what I meant. And elephants faithful 100%. And he sat on that egg, okay. on the tree, right through the snow. Maisie Bird went off to Florida. Maisie Bird, she was a bit of a dead loss, was she? <laughs> <laughs> she went off to Florida, didn't she, in the sun? Yeah, mm. Well, actually, she was at a wonderful time. Yes, anyway, that's, that's it, where it sort of, that's the one the first book I really remember. Mm. Okay. Still got it. I've got two copies, actually. Yeah, well, I was raised on Dr. Mm. Seuss oh, yeah. and Winnie the Pooh. From yeah, a very yeah, young yeah. age. Yes, yeah, yeah. Those are chapter books, and I was really small when those were read to yeah. me. I hope you've been to see the Paddington films. Paddington Bear? Yeah, I've seen some of that. I, I'm, I'm not a Paddington aficionado. I probably should be. No, well, actually, no. He, he came Do you say I should? Bank. You hope I should have no, or haven't? No, because uh, we didn't actually read a lot of them. Yeah. The children were younger, mm-hmm. but he. <laughs> they're very good movies. That's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Queen was, she had Petting, Paddington when she had the um, Jubilee thing. Okay. She Paddington mm. was a marmalade sandwich and <laughs> wondering what she had. Actually, it was a very funny bit of the Jubilee. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was slick. Paddington. Very slickly you know, done there. From mm. the film Paddington. Yeah. And yeah. there's the Queen showing her handbag saying, you know, where I keep my marmalade sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, let me ask you to kind of shift gears back to, to lighthouses uh, again, for either or both of you. Uh, do you consider yourself lighthouse aficionados at this point, or 
I guess aficionados would be the right word rather than buffs or what, what do you do you love lighthouses in general there's something you oh I, I, yeah. I would love to, I'd love to be the, doing the trip you're doing because they they vary mm-hmm. so enormously in terms of where they're placed and um, and the fact that you can live in some stay in some of them now and some are well they're not very I don't I don't know how many I don't think there are no man ones left in this country or woman ones because I think I think one of the last yeah the last were automated one. more than twenty years ago yeah yeah, yeah it's but I think in one or two places there are people who sort of keep more of an eye on the yeah, yeah there are yeah. well then they have what they call attendant keepers yes. in, in the UK who yeah, yeah they don't don't live at them anymore yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. I've been at the although we have been shown over. Lots oh, of indeed. I mean, and certainly from a phys- from a physical manufacturing point of view, that some French guy I think came up with the idea of lenses within the light, which would amplify the yeah. light. Fresnel. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it was staggering this achievement. And we saw that in Scotland, a lighthouse they had, and the guy explained it. Yeah, Peter, oh, not was Peter it? No, sorry, not Peter. Bright. Something borough. Anyway, and explained in front of what this guy had done. Yeah, and the projection from this invention was quite stunning. Sumber on the Shetlands, is that what you're referring to? Or? Well, I, I, it's, I it's, it's, still it's, sticks it's in my light, head. It's, in, it's, in, it's on the northeast coast of Scotland, just put, yeah. across into Inverness, and I can't believe it. Oh, well, that's okay, but yeah, Fresnel lenses are magnificent. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I thought somebody invented this thing. And, no, I, uh, I, just, I just think mm-hmm. it's one of those things that's been sort of part of my imagery for a very long time, and we... we came upon it in a way as a mm-hmm. story and so that's broadened our that's broadened and enlightened our view it helped us to visit yeah. all sorts of places where there are oh. lighthouses but I, I don't know that I would ever think of myself as quite an aficionado no I, think, no, I, I do yeah, you know the book good. you suggested which the one I've called got medal the uh, yeah, Hello Lighthouse by Sophie Blackall. Yes, well I read that. Now I think she had much, she was much more on that. Play. It was a lovely book, but she she knew a lot more about lighthouses. It had a lot of factual information, yeah. really. She yes. did a lot. But she it was, did. It was a, it was a lovely book. I yeah, say. But, I, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But without sinking into romantic nonsense, there is something just about the dead of night, with the absolute yeah. predictability of this light coming around and around. It's, Sad, but it's reassuring almost, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. quite affecting, and that's it. You yeah. know, it's uh, I, I just and the lighthouse keeper Stevenson's, you know, the, the book, yes, yeah. oh, the, and the building of them is just remarkable. Yeah, yeah they get them so far and they'd be washed away. <laughs> and yes. I mean, innumerable people yeah. die. A hundred yeah. ton granite blocks, yeah, yeah. Just oh, there's so many aspects to it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, mm. yes. Yeah, so you, I, I, you convinced me you're a lighthouse aficionado, so. <laughs> <laughs> you appreciate them. I mean, oh, you know. hard not to. If you've had anything to do with the sea, anything to do with history. And the sea, mm-hmm. everything to do with places like Cornwall, mm-hmm. yeah. all those places where the ships would be washed ashore and everybody would try and get as much as they possibly could of all oh, they set lights and they were yeah. wrecked as well. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. a pretty brutal business. Well, around and here, that it, happened down at Woolchelsea, down on our coast. It was a very big area for that. They were bringing oh, yeah. champagne things from mm-hmm. the Well, the English thing. Channel is the brutal. busiest uh, channel in the world, it yeah. still is, I think. Yeah. Yes, prob- different sort of pirates, I think, mm-hmm. these days. But, yeah. but it was, yeah, yeah. no. It's a, it's I suppose in some of the titles we've always struck some kind of minor blow for feminism, perhaps. I mean, Mrs. Grinley. I mean, he's a, he's not a chop short of the Barbie, is he? But he's not. He's That's not. That's an ter- extra, 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 extra
But but Mrs. Yeah. She quite often is, you know, I think she's the thinker of the two of them mm-hmm. and, and working, th- particularly when he's getting overweight and she puts him on a diet. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a little plan for herself. <laughs> I appreciated that one because my wife and I kind of went through something like that where during during the pandemic I lost yeah. a lot of weight. Uh, I do have to say, you become very fond of your characters. Oh, yeah. Even though, yes, I mean, the, well, the more fun, I think, probably as you go on and get to know them slightly more, and mm-hmm. wonder about what they might be thinking, oh. even as you're writing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you're down the beach, do you see some guy did once with his little knotted handkerchief hat? He yeah. was plump, fat, and runner. God, I thought I just did a double take. Mm-hmm. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> just like Hamish came yeah, to just like yeah. Hamish. I'll rush over and say, how are you doing at the lighthouse? <laughs> but uh, just like, yeah, same sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have one more question for both of you, okay, for mm. bonus points. Mm. All right. And the question is, what has been your favorite part of your involvement with the Lighthouse Keeper series of books over these years? You go first. Well, I, I would think, uh, Jeremy, as I was saying before, the involvement of the audience with the children. The, this is not, a, this is not a, a, a book that's, you know, it's real. It's in the world. What's it doing in the world? Well, who's it affecting? Uh, and then you, you you see them when you go. To, we're at a, there's a crocodile of kids going into to one of our groups. One little girl turned to the other one and said, "I've been looking forward to this all week," you mm-hmm. know. And there's things like I still have it what thirty years ago, and I'm still in my head. So for me, it's, it's the effect that these store and a grandmother will come up and say, "Look, I loved this when I was a kid." What could be better than that? Yeah, there can't be anything for me. That's my lot. No, no, yes. Yes, no, yes, no, I appreciate all of that. No. But for me, I think it's probably finding different aspects of the life mm-hmm. that can be written about that will both interest children, interest me, because I'm going to be writing about it, but also have some uh, uh, re- sort of reference, if you like. The last Lighterscape book we wrote was sort of more or less requested by Scholastic because, of course, the plastic and the sea, all those sorts of things. In fact, it's pretty hard to write about plastic in the sea for young children. They don't know whether it's plastic tin or whatever, but rubbish in the sea. Yeah. And I was, I don't think it's the greatest book in the world at all, but because we could use the character who had since retired, it was wonderful to be able to use him in, in a different sort of way. Mm-hmm. And maybe having yeah. some effect, of, uh, I hope, somebody might think, oh, Mr. Willing didn't like that. I don't, they won't really think like that. But I was quite pleased to be writing something that was pertained to this world, if you like, mm, and even right. more so in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 the, it's the thinking and the writing of it. I love doing the writing, even mm-hmm. if I write it ten mm. times. I love being involved uh, for that. Yeah, well. yeah. yeah. And, and just, just as a coda to this, and then I'll shut up. But <laughs> on the children thing, the other one was uh, we. Uh, we would, a child came, or a girl, 18, 19, doing work experience, mm-hmm. okay, helping me with exhibitions, come to do the schools and so on. And a lovely kid, and I said, what earth you could be doing all work experience, why'd you come to see Rhonda and I? Oh, she said, that's easy. When I was three years old, I sat on the mat at the primary school, and you and Rhonda came to visit. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Mm-hmm. You know, three years old, they take it in, you know? Once again, I'm on my hobby horse, but I was just thought, Jesus. Yeah. You know, how fantastic. How it is. Off a hobby horse. No, well, I probably will, but it'll be, it'll be a soft lesson. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, it's really special. I completely mm. understand. I love that you mm. appreciate it so much. Yeah. yeah. It's been a really good yeah. life, I yeah. have to say. And I've been lucky. As I say, we've also been very lucky. You can write a brilliant book 
very book, a brilliant mm. any sort of book. Yeah. Mm. It'll have a very small audience. Mm -hmm. It may last. Yeah. But we've been right. very lucky that has It's never it's not that's not JK Rowling, we haven't we haven't told, sold millions around the world. But it's gone on chugging along. And that's yeah. that's actually fantastic. It's like the author and the illustrator really. Well, we're, yes. we're nearly 80 and we're still going yeah. Well, being good and lucky is a, is a good combination. Yeah, so. it is indeed. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, Rhonda and David Armitage, I, I hate to, to uh, stop because it's so delightful speaking with both of you. Thank you. It's great meeting you mm -hmm. and to do it in this special location at the Beltier yes, Lighthouse here. Yes. With Beachy Head, the lighthouse yeah. that's <laughs> featured in your books right, right here. You're on the spot. Yeah, it's what a what a treat this is. Uh, and thank you for being a a very very oh, gentle and probing interviewer, but in the nicest possible way. <laughs> thank you, you know, so much. I mean, if, even if you're hating it, I'd never have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for spending this time with me. I, I really really well, appreciate it. We've loved it. Thank you for the invitation. The Lighthouse Keeper's Lunch and all its sequels are available through Amazon and other online booksellers. Also be sure to check out Rhonda's website at rondaarmitage.co.uk. That's R-O-N-D-A-A-R-M-I-T-A-G-E.co.uk and David's website at davidarmitage.com. Thanks so much to Rhonda and David. They were very gracious to travel from their home to meet me at the Beltoot Lighthouse. Uh, I love talking with them. I also want to thank my friends Jeremy and Babs Hawes of Operation Europe, who did so much to get me where I wanted to go on my trip to England in July, including uh, Bell Toot. Uh, had a great time with them. They were very kind and generous. I'll never forget it. Thanks, of course, as always, to all the volunteers, members, and staff of the U.S. Lighthouse Society. Go to uslhs.org to learn about the Society's domestic and international tours and all the things the Society offers. Don't forget that donations and memberships help support this podcast. Please share word of this podcast on social media. And if you listen through a platform that allows you to post reviews, please rate and review us. And be sure to check out the current U.S. Lighthouse Society Art Challenge on Instagram. I should also mention I will be leading or co-leading a U.S. Lighthouse Society tour on the northern Maine coast, October 8th to 14th. I think there's still space available on the tour. Go to uslhs.org slash tours to read about it, along with all the other upcoming tours. Speaking of travel, the French author Marcel Proust once wrote, quote, The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes, unquote. On next week's episode of Lighthearted, we'll be talking to another children's book author, Anna Crowley Redding, whose new book, Courage Like Kate, is about Kate Moore, 19th century lightkeeper at Fairweather Island in Connecticut. To all our regular listeners and to our new ones, thanks so much for listening and keep a good light.
Little light of mine. This little light of mine.